Coming up. Look what God did. God prepared the universe for us. You talking about rose petals and red carpet and you know, think, you know, you husband, husband say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, it's our anniversary, I'm gonna do something great. It's my wife's birthday, I'm gonna do something great, I'm gonna get her a card, I'm gonna get her flowers. God got you the universe. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. The greatest thing you can do with your life is to get to know God. In this message series, Getting to Know God, Pastor Rob explains the benefits and requirements of being in relationship with God, and why this is the best way to spend your life. Here's part one. So... We're beginning um, today a series of messages entitled Getting to Know God. Getting to Know God. And I just want to say that this is the most, the greatest thing that any person could ever do. Let's get to know God. There's nothing greater you can do. In fact, your number one priority in life ought to be to get to know God. And as we walk through this series, hopefully, if that hasn't come clear to you yet, then hopefully it will. And if you already know God, there's a second priority you have in your life. And it's the absolute second priority. And that's simply just to get to know God better. <laughs> that's that's your number one and number two priority of your life. Get to know God, and then get to know God better. Right, and this this is some real stuff. <laughs> and number one and two priority. If that's not clear, hopefully at some point in this series it will become clear. And hopefully today, the light on that truth will shine brighter brighter for you to get to know God and get to know God better. So I want to direct your attention to the book of Exodus, um, chapter 33, Exodus 33, verses 7 through 23, we're going to read, 7 through 23. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Now Moses, y'all heard of Moses, right? I, 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 think, um, I don't know. I don't think I need to do much. Hopefully, you know, maybe I should say, what was the, the guy that played Moses in the Ten Commandments? What was the actor name? Uh, Charleston, Hel- Char- Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. Yeah. So, I'm, uh, you know, if you don't know, you know Charlton Heston. <laughs> Hopefully, you know who Moses is. But Moses led the children of Israel out of bondage. And so we're talking about Moses. We're going to use Moses' relationship with God as a case study of getting to know God. We'll be looking at that. So verse 7 again. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. 
Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Whenever and whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. I just want to pause there. I just want you to get a visual of this. We we talking about a whole lot of folk, you know, <laughs> maybe a couple million folk watching Moses. Just just visualize this. Moses is going to the tent of meeting. He's going there to meet with God. About two million folk or so, probably more, come out their tent, stand and watch Moses walk to meet God. Is that not powerful? (laughs) And they were there, they came out because they wanted to. And nobody made them come out. They wanted to see the man of God meet God. Because they knew he would come back with something that was good for them. And so they're watching him until he enters the tent. Visualize that. Visualize that. And so the text, the text reads on, verse 9. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Now understand this, the pillar of cloud represented God and God's spirit for them because the pillar of cloud led them by day through the wilderness and the pillar of fire led them by night. So whenever they saw the pillar of cloud of fire, they knew God was with them. So when the pillar of cloud came, when Moses went in and was at the entrance, it let, you, it let them know that God was there. That God was where Moses was. That's, that's what it communicated to them. Okay. And they're watching this. And then God says, yeah, you're right. I am here. Boom, the pillar of cloud. And they got it. I got it. I got it, God. You're there with Moses. I got it. I understand. Right? And so uh, it reads on. Uh, verse 10. It says, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloth standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and they worshipped each at the entrance of their tent. So they saw that God was with Moses and it caused them to worship, to worship God where they were. Verse 11, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me. Now, see, we get it. We're getting some inside look at the conversation that Moses had with God now. Okay. This is why it's a, this is one of the good reasons to use Moses as a case study of what it means to get to know God. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, 
and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will I anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses says, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name the Lord in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. Then my glory passes by. I will put you in the cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will become then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Again, our topic is getting to know God. And today is part one. I don't know about you, but I always get intrigued to hear when a couple talks about how they first met. That always intrigues me. I, in fact, I like to ask the question, especially couples that have been together for a long time. I, I like to ask them, so how did y'all meet? <laughs> it's always an interesting story. If you haven't done it before, do it. You know, it'll, it'll bless you. Just, just do it. Uh, this reminds me of an episode of Martin. <laughs> yeah, y'all know Martin, the sitcom that used to be on, right? It reminds me of an episode of Martin where they was... It was depicting when Gina and Martin first met. And of course, both of them told the story from a different perspective. <laughs> you know, it's, it's comedy, you know. They had to make it interesting, you know. And so, and both of them told it from a, from a perspective as if, you know, they was all that. <laughs> and the other one wanted them so bad. <laughs> And they both told it from a different perspective, you know. Martin told his story, and he, you know, he was all fly, just, you know, desirable, you know. And then she just, you know, came up and stepped to him. But Gina told it from the other perspective. But it's interesting, you know. It was a funny episode. I don't know if you've seen it, but it was funny. I, I told you guys that uh, I met my wife, you know. Me and my wife were high school sweethearts. Yeah, it's another interesting story. Go way back. Yeah. But I met this other couple, Pete and Teresa, who were junior high school sweethearts. I, that's the only couple I know that, you know, was junior high school. And they still together. Got a whole gang of kids and grandkids now and all of that, Pete and Teresa. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to hear the story of how people um, 
get together. The same is true regarding our relationship with God. That's another interesting story to listen to people tell. How did, tell me your salvation story. How did you and God get together? Interesting story. I don't know about you, but me and, my, me and God's relationship, we've been rocky. It's been a rocky relationship at times. You know, because, you know, I've done some bonehead stuff in the relationship with God. I, I done messed up. You know. I've heard, I broke God's heart sometimes. And, you know, disowned him, you know. Told God, I may not have said it, but I acted like I wanted to quit him. God, I don't want to be with you no more. At least not today. <laughs> not right now. I'm going, I want to do my own thing, God. Is it only me that's been in that situation? <laughs> I didn't think so, but y'all ain't talking to me, so. <laughs> you know, so the relationship with God has, you know, been up and down. Not because God's been up and down, because I've been up and down. God's been consistent. Show me consistent love, consistent mercy, support, presence. But me, I've been, you know, been up and down. And so we want to talk about this relationship we have with God. And See how we can be better at relating with God. But on your paper, write this down. A, creation has always been about relationship, not just religion. Creation has always been about relationship, not just religion. Dictionary.com, one of the definitions for religion in dictionary.com is a specific fundamental set of beliefs and practices generally agreed upon by a number of persons or sects. So creation hasn't just been about this whole set of things that we do's and don'ts we have, beliefs about these things, us being so-called believers, it really was about relationship, and it always has been. And this is where we've been missing the mark. Number one, write this down. God has been wooing you, wooing us from the beginning. God has been wooing us from the beginning. Look at the text. Psalms 19 verses 1 through 6. It says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. Pause right there for a second. It's telling us 
the heavens, which God created, proclaims God's glory. And it speaks all day, all night. So God's been speaking through his creation to us, to you, since creation. He's been wooing us from the beginning. The whole creation was a woo. All of creation was a woo. <laughs> Look what God did. God prepared the universe for us. You talking about rose petals and red carpet and you, you know, think you know, you husband, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, it's our anniversary. I'm gonna do something great. It's my wife's birthday. I'm gonna do something great. I'm gonna get her a card. I'm gonna get her flowers. God got you. The universe. <laughs> do you get that? God created the universe for you. I'm going to walk this out so you can see this. God actually created the universe to woo you. He is, God is the initiator of our relationship with him. He initiated it. You know, we talk about I found the Lord. No, you ain't found nothing. You ain't found, you ain't found, God been wooing you from the creation. He prepared the universe to receive us. Do you realize science backs this up? He, he strategically positioned the earth so that, so that in the universe it, it, it will sustain itself. And we could live on it. They say that if the earth was tilted one degree one way or the other, we would either be too cold or burn up. Science proves this out. <laughs> and so he, this was a this was intelligent plan. He 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 wooed you, and he said, "This is the earth. That's where I'm going to put them, right here." And then on the earth, he did some great things. On the earth, he, he said, "Not nah, that wasn't enough. You know, just, just, you know, fella, I talk to the fellas right now, you know. You know, the, the rose petals in the walkway from the door is all right. But you know where they lead to. Let's <laughs> see. You know, you know they, they, they just, the rose petals are not leading to the kitchen. <laughs> okay, that's not that's not where they're going. See, the, the rose petals are going are leading to a place where you can have deeper relationship. That's what God did. He made the earth. You know, He did all this great. He put it was chaos. He made order out of it. He He cleaned up the house of the universe. Yeah, yeah. Because y'all know a dirty house can spoil the mood, uh, fellas. Y'all know that. You can put you put rose petals on a dirty floor. They're gonna be like, get the petals up and vacuum the floor. Okay? Because <laughs> I, I can't I can't I can't focus right when I see all this other stuff. The petals are nice, but you putting them on top of trash, it ain't gonna work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it don't work. So you better clean the house, then put the petals down. That's what God did. God cleaned up the universe. They said it was 
it was dark and 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 void. It was just utter chaos. God came into the universe and just made it and just said, oh, let me put this stuff in order. Okay, water, you get over there. Land, you get over there. <laughs> you know, he just put it all in order. He did all that for you. Do you realize God did that for you? It was a woo. It was a woo. It was a woo. And then so he, and then he did that. He did all, all that was rose petals. He, all that stuff he created was rose petals. But then the rose petals led to the Garden of Eden, which he specially made the, the Bible says he created, he, he built, he planted. The Bible says he planted the garden. This wasn't, the Garden of Eden wasn't part of the original creation. The scripture says after he made it, made creation, he planted a new garden, a special place where we can go into deeper relationship with God. That's where the rose petals led. That's where the... the creation of the sun, the moon, the stars, the animals, the, the birds, the whales, the fish, the plants, all of that stuff was just rose petals to get us to the garden where we can relate with God deeper. He been warned, he been warned you from the beginning. Okay. All right. Now look, look what the text reads on. Psalm 19, uh, verse 3. Oh, oh, I want to say this before I move on. Look what it says. God's creation is speaking. It says. It's speaking. God's work is speaking. God is saying through creation, you see that I'm a worker. I got a job. <laughs> yeah, you, want to, you want to be in a relation with somebody who can do some great work. Right. And then it says it speaks. So God has a mouthpiece. God has a mouthpiece. He can talk. He know what to say to you. In his woo, he knows what to say. And, and so and then it goes on. Verse three, they speak without sound or word. I'm going to pause right there. The creation speaks without sound or word. Y'all know, y'all can, y'all know this. Y'all looked across the, y'all, you know, they, they tell that poetry. You know, I walked in the room and I gazed across the room and our eyes met. <laughs> and it was the bounce of her hair. The beauty of her stroll. The twitch in the switch. Y'all know, y'all, y'all, and you heard it. No words were spoken, but you heard it. Y'all been there? You heard it? Yeah. It was them. I looked across the room and I saw his shoulders. He was a tall drink of water. <laughs> tall, dark, and handsome. His muscles were evident, his strength. He had confidence. And I, it was speaking, and then no words were spoken, right? Look, that's what God said. God is saying, creation is speaking, though no words are being spoken. We've been there, right? And then it reads on. It reads on. It says, uh, verse 4, yet their message was gone throughout the earth, and their words to all the world. 
God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. So not only is God speaking, God is speaking to everybody on the planet. God speaks multiple languages. Everybody can understand his speech. And then it reads on, verse 5, talking about the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. Look how the psalmist David, you know, I was reading this. I was like, "Mm, this is, David is deep. This is the psalm of David. That's deep. I can say, man, I can see why God said David is a man after my own heart. This brother's deep. He says the, the creation is speaking. And in talking about the sun, he, gave, he set a place for the sun and the sun burst out like a bridegroom after the wedding. Y'all that have been married, you know, that's that's a, that's one of the most joyous times in your life. Right. And he's saying the sun burst out every day like a bridegroom after the wedding. All right. And then it reads on and says, it rejoices like a great athlete eager to run a race. So y'all walk with me. Use your imagination with me a little bit. Every day you get up and then the sun bursts out like a bridegroom after a wedding. And then it's it's like an athlete eager to run a race. So when you go out your house and you see the sun, imagine God running to you. Running to you. And saying, can you woo, woo, woo? Wooing you. Every time the sun come up. Wooing you. The sun, verse six, the sun rises at one end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. Nothing can hide from its heat. So God set it up so that we would be warmed. And this is creation. His, all of creation was a woo for us. He made everything so that he can put us here. And then look. Look what he did. Um, verse Genesis 1:26. It says, Then God said, after he made the environment for us to live in, then he bring us in. After he got the house all fixed up, decorated, and everything in order, the food prepared and everything, then he says, Okay, you can come in now. And it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. That's a woo. Let me share. Let me show you how that's a woo. You know, there's a there's a saying. You know, I don't know if folks say it, and I think they still say it from time to time. Um, but they say, uh, "Game recognizes game," right? and and all that means is when you have like likeness or like skills or like abilities, you can recognize someone else who has skills and abilities. 
Hey, you can recognize it. And God created us in his image, which means he created us to recognize him. He didn't do that for nothing else in creation. But he made us to recognize him because of the likeness. That's a woo. That, that, that speaks loudly about how God wants relationship with us because he made us like him. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. You know God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin so that you could live with him forever. If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I sinned against you. I made some mistakes in my life. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and my mistakes and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me to reflect the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to personally welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to connect with the church near you so that you can learn more about Jesus, grow closer to God, and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. We treat God's messages like we treat robocalls. God been calling us. We just decline. And we say, we look at God's number and we say, I don't recognize it. So we don't answer. Thank you for listening.